Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm Shelley Carney. And I'm Toby Eunice. Thanks for joining us today. Today, our special guest is Heather Zeitzwolf. Uh, she's a profit advisor, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about how we can transition from become, being a content creator to being a content entrepreneur. And instead of just spending money all, all day long, we're going to talk about finding a balance and starting to bring in some of that money. So we're looking forward to that conversation. Before we get into that conversation, I'd like to take care of a little bit of uh, housekeeping for us. Um, we would appreciate it if before you leave today's show, you like our show. YouTube likes it when you like our show, as do we. Share it with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social networks so that we can grow our channel. Finally, if you are not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to subscribe that way. And when you see the notification spell, ring the notification spell. And that way, every time we start a live stream, you'll be immediately informed and as a result in the know. In addition to that, please keep in mind that the Super Chat light is lit. If you'd like to make a small contribution to our project, go down to the bottom of the chat window. You'll see a stylized but grayed out dollar sign or dollar bill sign. Uh, click on that dollar bill sign and the good folks at YouTube will walk you through the process of making a contribution from $1, actually from $0.99 cents for some reason, uh, up to $500 if you uh, so see fit. But uh, You know how we feel about that. All right, Shelly, why don't you tell us about our guest today? All right. Well, Heather Zeitzwolf is a profit advisor for digital media creators and producers. She offers profit advising for creative entrepreneurs in podcast production, videography, photography, graphic design, and web design. She says, in my experience as a CPA and profit advisor, I've noticed that creative entrepreneurs tend to ignore their financials and not have a clear plan to achieve their desired income. That's why I developed my RAIN money framework for digital media creators who have become tired of running out of money each month, despite all their hustle and grind. Heather is a bookkeeper, tax preparation and planning expert, and profit strategy and planning, uh, again, expert. So we're looking forward to speaking with her and getting all of our money issues straightened out. Good, hmm. ready to bring her on board? Let's do it. Hello, Heather. Hi. Hi. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, you bet. Is there anything that I missed that you'd like to add? Uh, that I'm a, a vegan. I mean, I'm also known as the vegan CPA, although I do work with non-vegans. So, but that is mm. some, a way a lot of people get to know me through that. We'd like to point out that as a result of her being a vegan, she won't eat any of you. So you're <laughs> safe with Heather. And she likes green because she's very green. Mm -hmm, so we have yeah. some green on the background yeah. today. My kids are yeah. vegan, so I I feed vegans, so I understand uh, <laughs> that there's more than just vegetables to 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 be had. Exactly. So. <laughs> so Heather, uh, before we get started with more detailed questioning, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, how you ended up, what you're doing, and how you ended up uh, podcasting and live streaming about what you do. Yeah, well, thank you. So I am a creative person myself. So I got into accounting sort of late in life. I'm in my 50s. I'm about to have a birthday. So I'm reaching that mid 50 point. Congratulations. And yeah, thank you. So I originally was in theater. I studied fashion design. And so I have that creative background. I've also studied multimedia design. I have a degree in advertising. So I have that whole background. I used to work in market research. And then I... Uh, I was laid off, you know, during the recession and I was like, it's time to make a change in life. And so I am such a money nerd, number nerd. And so it made sense for me to go back to school to study accounting and I got my CPA license. So that working with creatives, that's totally in my wheelhouse. I understand that. But I'm like, 
one of those people that is left brain, right brain, like I've got that creative side and I have that analytical side. Mm -hmm. So I can really understand like where creators are coming from so that I can help them, but sort of open this window for them of like clarity where maybe they have some, not only confusion, but maybe fear around it. And this whole like, oh, just rather just put it off than deal with it kind of. Uh, that that in in typically with creatives, they're following their passion when they get into business. And mm -hmm. especially if they're like content creators, maybe they love, you know, video and doing videos and they're not really thinking about the number side of things. So that's it in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. That's a great, uh, that's a great uh, nutshell to be describing uh, because <laughs> like you, we deal with creatives all the time and their struggle uh, is always getting beyond their passion, whatever their, their passion is. And I'm, I'm blessed with uh, uh, five children, two of whom are on the creative side and the other three of whom are on the technical side. So it's very easy dealing with the ones on the technical side because we have a common, you know, common basis for understanding. Uh, and, um, and, but when it comes to the creatives, uh, I don't, I have a hard time giving them what I'd call practical advice and uh, they have a hard time taking it. So I always recommend, and, and they've done the smart thing to get professionals like you to help them uh, through the process. Uh, but it's a different animal. I mean, they're very, because they're so enamored with their passion, which sounds redundant when I say that, uh, they sometimes forget the more important things like, you know, insurance and accounting and banking and legal things. So it's good mm -hmm. to have a person like you on board. Shelly? So what are some of the things that you're seeing with the people that you work with who are creators? How are they uh, transitioning from being, a, say, a content creator or any other kind of a creator and then becoming a content entrepreneur, somebody who's actually making money from what they're doing? How do they transition? What's what's What are the steps in there? Well, the steps are to actually start putting it in place a plan and having some strategy behind what they want to do with this content creation. So is it leading towards something? So, I mean, you're in marketing. So I, you know, we have this, we are supposed to have intention around what we're doing with marketing. It's not just like we put things out there and just hope that we get likes and follows and all of that sort of thing. So it needs to lead towards some kind of call to action where you're going to start making money from this. So what happens People, you know, they follow their passion, like you were saying, and they start doing things. They don't really understand like what it is they're going to be making money from. Maybe they think like, I'll just put a Patreon out there or, uh, you know, buy me a coffee or something like that. Or I'll just become an affiliate. Like there's like all these ideas that are floating out there. And yes, they can generate income. But unless you have a strategy in place of like how this is all going to work together, it's just going to be like random things happening. And if you're putting all of your attention into this randomness, it's probably not going to really pan out because you really need to focus on something that's going to be a higher ticket item that's actually going to drive revenue towards you. Because we're not John Lee Dumas. It's not like we're going to get all kinds of money from affiliates and, and um, advertising and all of that. So we really need to think about what it is that we're going to offer people in our audience and how we can drive them to purchase these things. So it really starts with having a really good solid plan around <clears throat> where you're leading them. And, you know, it has to do with like the sales funnel and all the things I'm sure that you guys talk about uh -huh. to actually purchasing something and then having not only that, but then having a plan of how you're going to serve this client over the years. So, you know, with creatives, we love, bright, shiny things, right? We get distracted by things. And then maybe we do have somewhat of a plan, but then we get distracted and we start following that rabbit hole. I'm guilty of it too. I love technology. You know, AppSumo comes out with something new and I've had to actually <laughs> put those in my junk folder because I can, you know, you can spend a lot of money on software and things like that, that are these like shiny distractions of like, mm -hmm. oh, that'll be the next big thing in my business. But unless there's really a plan for it, you really should be saving your money and ignoring those things, even if it is a great deal. <laughs> but I'm guilty of it, too. So having a plan is just is vital. 
I should mention to our audience that Shelly and I are both big fans of AppSumo. <laughs> and one of the best features of AppSumo is their 60-day total refund, no questions asked policy, because we we have a moment where we go, oh, we have to have that. And then well, it sounds that so good. It's you know, sound, that sales yeah. page yeah, just really yeah. makes you want to buy. <laughs> so I'd like to talk about something that I've noticed in the market that you're describing. And that is, and I, I want to say it was... Um, embellished over the time of the pandemic. But what I not, not started noticing back in the early 2010s, 2011, 2012, that more and more creative people, people who were in various art forms or authors or whatever area of creativity, they started looking at uh, the social media possibility of expanding their reach. Mm -hmm. And so they became, they, uh, they, they thought, I want to become an influencer in retablo painting, right? And social media provides me all that access. And then suddenly I noticed that a lot of them that were started out as, let's say, you know, graphic artists, suddenly transition into content creators that happen to be graphic artists. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, A, have you seen any of, how much of that have you seen yourself? And B, what, how can they take advantage of the, how can they take advantage of what social media provides without being overwhelmed or consumed by it. I think a better description is consumed. Yeah. Well, you know, as entrepreneurs with content creation, it gives us that feeling of being busy all the time. <laughs> and I'm guilty of this too. I mean, it's like you can go down a rabbit hole. I mean, I've been doing a 51 day challenge on TikTok, and it's like, I yeah. look at the clock and I'm like, I just spent an hour on this like 30 second thing. So you know, we have to be mindful of those types of things. And, you know, it doesn't take a large audience to make money. You can have a small audience. And as long as you're engaged with that audience and have purpose around it, you can actually drive sales. So if you put more focus on getting to know the audience that you have that exists and nurturing them and getting them on a sales call or discovery call or some some interaction with them, get them into you can offer them maybe a free workshop where you get to actually communicate eye to, eyeball to eyeball with your listeners, your followers, and then that can transcend into actual sales. So just putting content out, people that like and follow, that doesn't mean that they're going to ever buy anything exactly. from you. Right. So it could be. So here's one of the things that I always have my clients do is have a list of where people are coming into your world. Like, so I, I follow all the leads and you don't ha even have to do this in a CRM. I do it in a spreadsheet and I find out, did they actually find me? Like, was it a comment I made in a Facebook group? Was it a post that I did? Was it in some networking group that I was in? And you start to see the trends of how people are actually finding you. And it is surprising that social media is not the number one driver of that. Although we put all of our effort into that. Mm -hmm. So Really be mindful of where you actually are getting your leads and concentrate more on getting leads in your business and concentrate less on getting likes and followers. So it doesn't take a large audience to bring in 100K a year. You can work with the folks that are in your audience and nurture them. Mm -hmm. nurture, them nurture them in the sense that they're not just viewers. And I think one of the things that's important about all of this is you make a distinction between viewers and prospective buyers exactly. and some of your viewers may become prospective buyers buyers but that's not going to happen without an effort by you in leading them through that sales funnel of yours whatever it is there it's a nice potential open market for you but it doesn't mean that you know 50% of your sales are going to come from social media contacts your viewers and i think that's important for entrepreneurs especially on the creative side to recognize that the majority of your viewers, whether on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook or whatever platform you're committed to, are not necessarily buyers of your products. And don't, you know, I think we can rapidly become uh, distracted mm -hmm. by the by larger and larger numbers of viewers who are all telling you how much they love you, or in some cases, how much they hate you, but you become obsessed with that and forget that's not the source of your income. The source of your income is whatever 
whatever art form, uh, whatever, you know, you're practicing as an art form, or whether it's, whether it's writing books or uh, paintings, you know, painting. Shelly? What are some of the mistakes that you see that we should be aware of as we go into uh, becoming content entrepreneurs? Okay, so, you know, like I mentioned, the affiliates and buy me a coffee and Patreon and all those types of things. So, you know, creatives usually set that kind of stuff up because it's so easy and, you know, oh, I'll hook it up to my Stripe account uh -huh. or whatever. And, you know, the money might trickle in here and there. It, it may not seem like it's that much or whatever, but that's income. And if we are going to treat this like a business, we have to treat it like a business. You need to open up a bank account, start um, tracking this information, the, the money that's coming in, because regardless if you call it a business or it's a hobby, that money coming in is taxable regardless. So we, you know, and this is, I'm just talking about in America because that's where your listeners are right, yeah. located. But, you know, the IRS is getting information about all this, this stuff. So it's not a gift. That's right. a mistake that I see people make. You know, it's not a gift. It is income. And so start tracking that information. And, you know, if you're, if you're small potatoes and you don't feel like you need to have your books and all of that, but at least just make, keep it simple and track things. It's always easiest to have a special bank account for your business. So make sure that all the things just lead into that bank account and then that way you're able to track it at the end of the year and not scramble around and or get a nasty letter from the IRS that you forgot to claim something that was on some account that you completely forgot about because that happens a lot with creatives. They're like, they'll get a nasty letter from, I'll do their taxes and then they'll get a letter from the IRS. And, and I'm like, well, you never gave me that document. I, uh -huh. how did, I didn't even know what I was supposed to include this in your income. It wasn't tracked anywhere. So- um, we don't want those scary letters and those scary letters can also lead towards um, penalties and interest and stress and all of those things. So um, if you're going to start doing this stuff, start tracking, have a per don't run things through your personal bank account, run it through a business bank account and just make sure that you have an eye on all these things. And, you know, it, it's easy to kind of forget about these things So just be very diligent about it. So I know from our experience, anyone who starts a YouTube channel, for ex example, looks forward to the point at which they become monetized, mm -hmm. a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. When, when that happens and you actually apply for monetization, you're going to get an email from Google, which owns YouTube, and they're going to ask you for information about your personal things, name, address, telephone number, they're going to ask you for a bank account, and they're going to ask you for your tax ID. Well, you don't have to have a business tax ID. If you're not a business, you can give them your social security number. But the reason that happens is because at the end of the year, you're going to get a 1099 from Google mm -hmm. saying, this is how much you earned. They don't take out money in taxes. That's they correct. Just, it just comes, here's what you earned. They send that same form to the IRS. Yep. So when you file your tax return that year, the IRS will compare it to what was submitted to them from YouTube or TikTok or whomever you earned revenue from. And so it brings into that question. That's why the bank account that you give Google should be a bank account that's independent of your personal account. You don't exactly. want those two things mixed up. Exactly. And they take it. Google takes it very seriously because they know if they don't take it seriously for the number of 1099s that there are millions of them, I'm sure, that they're sending out every year, they can get in trouble if they don't track that. Uh, so the expectation is that on your side, you're going to be tracking it as well. So that's very good advice, Heather. Exactly. I and then we also have to think about if we are a creator and we start to hire people to help us with these things. So maybe we might have someone helping us with our social media or helping us, you know, create graphics or whatever. They're going to be a contractor for us. And mm -hmm. so we need to gather that information from them. from them. So we need to get the W-9 filled out from them. And then at the end of the year, if they if we paid them $600 or more in, in cash or checks or mm -hmm. um, cash exchange, then we need to issue a 1099 for them as well. So that, goes, that information goes to the IRS and it goes to that contractor. So uh, you can avoid this by paying them with... Uh, you can do credit cards right. and that can avoid that because those credit card companies, those third party companies will have to declare that information to the IRS. But right. again, 
it's it's all being tracked, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's so so important. And I'll throw in a, 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 another bit of information from our experience. We have one credit card that we use for any purchase related to the business, whether we're purchasing something on Amazon or whether we're purchasing business cards. We use that credit card to make sure that we're tracking that information in terms of expenses because those are business expenses. And when you uh, complete your tax return uh, at the end of the year you'll or, or hire someone like Heather to do it, she's going to ask you about that. Where, where are your expenses? So it's always easier if you have one credit card. Now, if you eventually get audited, and in 73 years, well, 50 years of paying taxes, I've fortunately only been audited a couple of times. But um, but if you're ever audited, they're going to require that information. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ask you, and it's going to be in greater detail. So when you, you'll be able to print that out from your uh, from your credit card information, it's a lot easier to keep track of if everything goes to that uh, credit card. Shelly? So what are some revenue streams that we might consider as uh, content creators who want to transition to a content mm-hmm. entrepreneur? I'm going to put a pin in that question real quick because I just want to make a side comment to what Toby said, if that's okay. Yes. And and that is, if we are digital creators, we, we like technology, right? So use technology to your advantage. There are tons of apps where you can save receipts, where you can scan a receipt and it will save it to that software. Mm-hmm. You can... But I would always make an, you know, you want to make sure that you're um, being redundant with certain things. Uh-huh. So save things to a Google Drive, these receipts, because, you know, regular receipts, they start to fade away after, t- uh, you know, after time. So keep this stuff, even if, you know, if you have it on a credit card, yeah, it's a line item on the credit uh-huh. card. But if you are audited, the, the IRS is probably going to ask you for receipts. So it's just good uh-huh. just to have them. So use technology right. to your advantage. Okay. So revenue streams, okay. <laughs> um, revenue streams, well, it depends on the type of business that you have. So, I mean, we could tap into things like coaching, digital courses. Uh, of course, we mentioned affiliates and, you know, these sort of quote unquote gifts online. But you can also offer, you know, workshops, webinars, and then just you could have downloadable PDFs. I mean, I, I know people that are making if they're graphic designers, they can make a lot of money just um, doing like downloadable PDFs on Etsy. So there's uh-huh. different ways that you can, you know, get creative with what you do and reformulate it into something that works as you know, a digital delivery. But we don't have to be completely digital too. I mean, we can be digital creators, but maybe we have a local audience and we can serve them locally as well. So, you know, if it's, um, for instance, I've worked with people that are painters and so they could do, you know, local painting classes. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can monetize yourself. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you're limited to the the typical things of like uh, uh, coaching and all of that. But that is sort of what you think of when you think of podcasting. So um, I don't know if that was kind of if you were asking about podcasting in particular, but, um, you know, I would the world is your oyster, right? They say, but, but the only other thing is if you have start to go into like physical products, then you have to be concerned about sales tax and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to go too deep into a rabbit hole with that, but you know, if you are doing business in other places and you're sending things and you've got inventory and all that, then it starts to make it uh, a little bit more messy. So Uh just be aware, you know, if you, go into something like that, that you're using some kind of third party that's going to take care of tax or all of those types of things. So um, let me tell a quick story. One of the things as um, as a creative person, you have to consider, as Heather just mentioned, the opportunities for expanding with things like uh, courses and webinars, et cetera, et cetera, is there's this wonderful story about the gentleman whose last name I can never recall. It's Italian. Uh, who founded the Bank of America. And he was he came to America at a time where Italians were known for their starting of businesses and selling to people. And he felt like it was a crowded place to be in. So what he did is he bought a boat and he used to transfer uh, products and uh, products from one side of the San Francisco Bay to the other. 
Uh, and so he didn't have a store. He was just providing the people who had stores with the materials that, and they and they paid him to do that, of course. Another great story is the guy that made one of the few people that made his fortunes during the 49er gold rush. And they said, How, nobody else made as much money as you with gold. What did you do? And he, sold, he said, I sold them shovels. And so when you have the kind of expertise that you have as a creative person, you don't necessarily have to dig for the gold. You can sell them shovels. You can teach them. You can teach people how to do what you do. And that's just as valuable uh, in those cases where you may not be able to reach all the market that wants to buy your photographs or your paintings or your books, et cetera. Teach them how to write, teach them how to paint, teach them how to take a picture. Uh, and you can accomplish your, uh, you can reach your financial goals as, uh, as easily as that. Shelly? Do you have any questions? You just have stories? I have stories. <laughs> I, I love the, you always have the best questions. I, I, <laughs> I, I have a, can I make a comment on that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so another thing that you can think about with being a digital creator is teaming up with another digital creator. And because we have, uh, we have our audiences and if we have, if we can serve the same type of audience and we can team up together and offer some different type of service. So you could have a virtual summit or something where you're collaborating together I'm going to be working with another creator. We're putting on a, a retreat on a cruise ship. So that's wow. going to be next year. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to train people on a cruise around business and goal setting and all of that. So there's different ways that you can collaborate, collaborate with other creators and offer something that you wouldn't have been able to offer before because when you team up together, like again, expands your audience and you're offering different things. You're not competing. You know, that's an interesting position because we met you at She Podcasts, right? Which was oriented towards women who were there to learn more about podcasting or look for partnerships. We were there because we wanted to interview some of the folks. Why were you at She That's I don't usually ask. What were you doing at She Podcasts? Uh, well, I'm a podcaster mm -hmm. and you know, that was the first event I went to after like the, well, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. it was still, I mean, we're still in the pandemic, right. but, but that was such a unique experience of going there because this is the first time I had like my mask off. I was able to hug people. That was a really impactful event because, you know, it was other female podcasters. I got to meet other people. I, there was lots of people that I had met during the pandemic through Zoom, Clubhouse, uh, Instagram, uh, podcasting meetups, like all these different things. And then having that opportunity to actually meet them in person was so, so like life changing. Like it was such a great event. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of it was just being able to finally connect in a physical world with the people that I had met digitally. So that was Mainly my reason, I, I didn't know it was going to be so transcending, but uh, but that was the reason behind it. I figured I had clients that were there. I also thought, you know, potentially I could meet other people because I help podcasters as well in my business. But I was just really there to bond with people that I had met. So um, some of the things that you just said or that you said before that were interesting in the sense that uh, uh, creatives have a difficult time looking at their business from an analytical perspective, primarily because they are creatives. What kind of things would you recommend to a creative who wants to, you know, measure their success via the analytics that could be important to their business? A lot of times they don't know what those are. What, what do you tell them? Yeah. So I was just on, on a call with somebody earlier today and we were looking at the numbers and it's like, you know, it's, it's interesting how some people, when they look at a spreadsheet or whatever, their mind just is like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a foreign language, right? Uh -huh. So for creatives, what I like to do is take that data and have some sort of dashboard where it's a visual representation of what's going on. So if you can track all your stuff in real time, which you can do using something like QuickBooks, get your banks all set up and then it feeds in there. You can, there's different apps that you can attach with QuickBooks. QuickBooks has some dashboarding tools as well, but start looking at things in a visual way. So I'm sure with, you know, if you're doing 
Facebook ads or other kinds of analytics that we have on you know, Instagram and all that stuff. We're used to looking at certain numbers, but it's so more impactful when you can see it, how it ties together and in, a, in a, some sort of dashboard. I mean, so because if they're visual people, I feel like deliver that information in a visual way. So it, it's I, I don't know if you're into dashboards, but to me, it's like a easier way to comprehend a lot of detailed information in just a in just a snapshot. So back in the olden days, when I was a consultant, um, I wor worked with a company called Oracle. Oh, okay. Uh, as they were, they were transitioning into away from data analysis and data management into putting that on executive dashboards. And I was part of, as an advisor to that project. And so I saw then the potential value of a dashboard that could provide you a snapshot of where your business is based on the underlying tons of con uh, or data uh, beneath it. So dashboards are fun. YouTube provides you the equivalent of a dashboard. I think they even call it a dashboard uh, that provides you all your analytics that you can go real quickly to. And that's true. That's true of most of the social media applications on which uh, people are monetized because that's an important um, source of information that helps you improve your position when it comes to uh, monetization. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of those numbers that we should be focused on um, as we're trying to grow our brand and our business online? That's a great question. So the number one I would say is what is your net income? That's the easiest thing to look at. And that number is, if you're a solopreneur, that is the amount that you're going to put in your pocket. So, or potentially can put in your pocket. So that's an important number. So, you know, we're always like, I got to get leads. I got to make more sales. But if your expenses are really, really high, that, you know, you need to actually reduce your expenses. So that way you can have more in your pocket. So that net income number is really super important. Now, if you are running a very lean business, you don't have a lot of expenses and you're not making what you need to, that you want to make, then yes, you need to open up that faucet and bring in more leads and more sales. The other thing that you can look at is, you know, there's different drivers with profit. So maybe um, your pricing is too low. So we want to look at and see what is the um, gross profit on certain things. So are, are we spending a lot of money to offer a service? Like, is there a lot of cost going into that? And what can we offer that has less cost and increase the sales or the price overall where we can make more money? So it's sometimes we think that our highest ticket item is going to be the biggest thing to generate um, our net income, but sometimes it isn't. So you really need to kind of go in and look at what are the costs associated with each thing that you sell and then how much of that you're selling. And so gross profit is another um, important one. But again, if your expenses, your operating expenses are way too high, then your net income is going to be much lower. And in some cases, it might be a net loss. So that's a super important one. Um, and I also look at um, percentage of sales. So how much are you spending on each one of these things? So if you're, for instance, if you're, Software costs, we talk about AppSumo. So if your software costs are super high compared to your sales, maybe that's might be an area that you wanna reduce that. So that's really important. Um, we wanna make sure that we're putting profit into our pockets. I see a lot of times with creatives that they'll take on jobs where, like I've worked with videographers where they take on a job and then there's some scope creep or maybe they didn't price it correctly. And then what happens is they're paying their contractors because they have, you know, maybe that's at an hourly rate or something. And when the job is all done, they barely have anything left over for themselves. So they've, they've paid a contractor more than they've paid themselves. Uh -huh. So that's, you know, so you need to be looking at those types of things. Am I pricing this correctly? Am I thinking about all the costs that go into this? Am I putting in a buffer for maybe it's extra time? How, what is the scope of this? And is this going to be like, sometimes you have to kind of time yourself to do these things. We may not be charging by the hour, which I don't really recommend, but we want to make sure that if we are spending a certain amount of hours on that, are we getting paid accordingly? And 
does that cover all the costs for the contractor? So we don't want to be in the hole for a job that we take. And I see that happening um, when things are not priced correctly. So those are, those are some easy fixes, easy things to look for. So I've got another question for you, but the advice I want to give to our, our viewers as a uh, former professional photographer, videographer, documentary maker, uh, two things that I learned, never underprice yourself, never discount yourself. Give them a fair and honest price uh, as to what you think you're worth. And if they don't agree, they don't have to hire you. But don't take a job where you've discounted it so much you put yourself at risk of uh, losing money. I have a friend who runs a, um, a team as a coach. And he was talking about uh, what he's earning because he's very proud of the fact that he earned $12,000 last year. I said, how much did that cost you? He said, I spent 16. So you're not making money at that point. You're, it's costing you money. So don't take any job where the people that you're working for don't appreciate how good you are at, um, at um, what you do. So let's go back to that a minute. I noticed that in some of your promotional materials, you talk about uh, dashboards and um, scorecards. Mm -hmm. T tell our audience the difference, why, why you need one or the other, why you need both, and what are the difference between a dashboard and a scorecard? Okay. So scorecards, uh, you know, if you Google business scorecards, you can see all kinds of different ones. I don't remember the name of the guy that came up with that. But for me, when I do a scorecard, it can be certain things where so we put in place these goals that we want to do, right? Goals have to be measurable. And so we want to be measuring the things that we are um, trying to accomplish in our business. So we can score ourselves that way. That's one way to do a scorecard. Another way is to look at the types of things that we're doing in our business and we can score ourselves that way. So are we spending too much time on little piddly things where it would be better suited for us to be doing more high level work. So when I say scorecards, there's a, I, I do them a couple of different ways. And that may not be the traditional way when you see here business scorecard. But we want to make sure that we're doing this, those higher, more elevated um, actions in our business that are going to drive sales that will serve our clients and not be so stuck in the weeds. Those are the types of things that we want to outsource if we can. If we have the means to do that, we should be outsourcing those tasks. So we can give ourselves a scorecard on, uh, are we doing like, uh, they call them like $1,000 an hour things, or are we doing $10 an hour activities, that sort of thing. So Shelly. Oh, um, so tell us more about your podcast. It's called Get the Balance Right. What do you talk about on your podcast? So the podcast is in, it's in season three and it's kind of morphed over time. So it's always been more for people that are creatives, people in marketing or advertising, digital media, that sort of thing. Um, and the first year I was interviewing a lot of people in the marketing realm and entertainment and that sort of thing. And then the second year, I decided that I wanted to elevate the female voice and only interview women. So that was my main focus. And we dove more into um, profitability and there was more focus on that. But again, it also had to do with you know ways to promote yourself. We talked about Clubhouse, which now is not that relevant, I guess, anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, how to um, uh, utilize podcasting, um, how to... Uh, put on events, like there was a whole bunch of different topics there. And so for season three, I did not want to be gender specific anymore. And, um, you know, and again, it wasn't that it was just for women. I really wanted to elevate the female voice. So um, in this season, it's really more focused on creatives and making sure that they are making money in their business. So the focus is more heavily on profitability and breaking things down. I've got more bite-sized shows. So the shows were kind of longer before, and now I'm making them a lot shorter. I've got bonus episodes. So I'm interviewing a lot of interesting creatives. And now for season three, I've started doing sessions where I'm doing like a advising session. So people can hear what it's like to work with me. So if people are interested in doing one of those, it's a free session and it'll be recorded for the podcast. So you can contact me for that. So those are some of the different changes. But 
So the tagline on it is, it is for creative rebels, freaks, misfits, and geeks that want to monetize their passion and run profitable businesses. So that's who it's for. Obviously, if you're seeing me, you can see that I'm I'm a little bit funky, you know, so uh, I lean more towards the creative types that are sort of rebellious misfits. So. Mm. <laughs> I like rebellious more than I like the word funky. So we're going to use that. <laughs> um, so all of those, we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to take a look at uh, several of um, Heather's websites. But um, I wanted to say that links to all of that will be in the description box below this video. So let's do that. Heather, I'm going to pop up one of your websites and I've listed them all across. So let's just go through each one, tell people what they can expect to find okay, or sure. what they can expect to do when they get there. All right. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. Okay. So these are all of my workshops. So I've been offering free workshops and, you know, one of them is a money mindset workshop. So you know, a lot of it, a lot of what happens in our business is driven by our mindset around money. And it's amazing how if we have money blocks that that will transcend into maybe problems with pricing or not asking, you know, devaluing ourselves or not asking clients to pay us or being afraid to have a sales conversation. All of these things that happen from different um, you know, maybe money stories that we tell ourselves or that we've had, we've lived through. So that's what that one is, the money mindset workshop. So we talk about that and transforming your, your mind around money. And then the other one is for creative misfits and how they can profit from their superpowers. So that is a workshop where we dive into what are your superpowers? Like what are the things that you, will your passion what are your talents and who do you want to serve and how you can develop products and services for that particular sweet spot. So that's what that one's about. And then the new one is learn how to run, read and rock your profit and loss. And that's how to read a profit and loss statement. And it's not boring. It's very fun. Uh, I put on my first one a few days ago and people were saying it was like really good. So I'm, I'm happy about that. So, <laughs> and I, I break down all the little things in the profit and loss and how you can utilize that information to impact your business and make more money. So that's what those are. So uh, this is the getthebalanceright.net slash workshops. Uh, and again, that uh, URL will be in the description box below for you. So let's go to this. This is where you ask people to get in touch with you. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So that's Instagram. Yep. So that is my Instagram page. So, uh, my last name is Zeitswolf. So it's, that is my Instagram name. I've got some funny videos. At least I think they're funny videos. And I've been doing this TikTok challenge. So I've been putting my TikTok videos on here. But uh, I was given uh, one of those um, converters. I, somebody sent me a link to a converter. So I'm going to start trying that, converting my TikTok videos into Instagram videos. So mm. so they don't have that watermark anymore. So uh, That'll be in the future. <laughs> what you've, you've mentioned that uh, twice now that you're doing a challenge. What is the challenge? Oh, okay. So earlier, um, let's see, I guess it was last year, I had on my podcast a person that was talking about short form video. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to have someone talk about short form video, I should be doing short form video, long form video. And even though I'm outgoing and all that, I was just kind of afraid to do that. So I gave myself a, a self-imposed challenge of going 45 days in a row doing Instagram lives. So I did that and I absolutely loved it. And people have been telling me, you need to be on TikTok. And I'm, I've just sort of dabbled in it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to one up my thing for the 45 days. I'm going to go 51 days on TikTok and on Halloween because that's so me, Halloween. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm going 51 days in a row on TikTok. Nice. So, so if anyone wants have... to join me, find me on TikTok. I'll support you. Are you Zeitzwolf <laughs> on TikTok as well? Yeah. I'll make sure that we friend you. So get the balance right. Uh, oh, this podcast. is your podcast. This is this is the profit tracker. So if you are looking for a tool to uh, track your income and expenses, you can download this for free. 
Oh, nice. And did that's getthebalancerightpodcast.com slash track charter. Um, uh, and this is your link tree. Yep. Link that's tree. my link tree. So that's okay. got links to all kinds of things there. So not only does it have my, uh, you know, social media, it has links to the podcast. It has links to workshops, to free downloads that I've made over the years. I've got some affiliate links in there. Um, so it's a variety of things in, uh, that I've just added to. And oh, mm. I ha also have a monthly meetup. This is for female entrepreneurs. It's called the Monthly Money Mayhem Makeover. Wait, I, I always screw it up. There's five there M's. There it is. The Monthly Monday Money Mayhem Makeover. It's the fourth Monday of every month. And I like to say it's like a slumber party without the pajamas because we have a lot of fun. We talk about a topic. Sometimes there's like a little bit of a mastermind. I've had guest speakers come on and talk about something. And then it's networking. And I know a lot of people don't like to network, so I try to make it as fun and interesting as possible. And I love to, I love to be like, bring my, you know, the people that I know and have them meet each other. And there's been some really great connections and people have started collaborating with each other. So it's always exciting to match people up uh, from, you know, your audience or the people that you know in your network. And then. This, this is my is podcast. Your... Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's the podcast. And if you are interested in being on the podcast or want me to be on your podcast, there's a form below to do that. Nice. I think that's it. I think we're back to our screen yeah, here. Yeah, that's it. Take that down. All right. <laughs> Did you have any other questions? I was waiting for you. Oh, I just wanted to ask Heather, is there anything that you'd like to touch on today that we haven't gotten to yet? Oh, well, um, if you, you know, it, I, I mean, if you want to, let's see, I'm trying, I've got too many ideas roaming around in my head <laughs> and I'm trying to decide what would be the best thing to, to actually say. Um, okay. If you want to be a digital creator and you want it to be a business, treat it like a business, do all the things, open a bank account, get an EIN from the uh, IRS if you're in America and make sure that you follow the rules, hire a bookkeeper if it gets big enough to do that, but just make sure that you're treating it like a business. Don't treat it like a hobby. There's always a chance that the IRS is going to come in and say, this is not a business. This is a hobby and say, you cannot deduct any of those expenses, but we mm -hmm. will tax you on that income. So we don't want that to happen to you. Good advice. And getting an EIN employee identification number is free. Uh, and it's the next step after you using your social security number to identify yourself to the government. So it's an, and, and as Heather mentioned, once you start doing business with other people, whether they are your customers or partners or consulting partners, uh, you're going to need an employee identification number because you're going to have to pay their taxes for or at least submit the taxes. Okay, it's your turn. I, I'm done. I'm questioned out. She's, oh, okay. she's answered all my questions. Well, good. I think that we've uh, come to the end, unless you have anything else to add. Uh, well, I, I do have a group program that is starting very soon. It's going to be a membership program. So if you're interested, uh, let me know and I'll get you on the wait list. So I'm all really right. excited about this new one coming out. So I think the best way uh, to get to Heather is by using her Link tree. link tree because yep. that has all that information on there uh, as well as all her social media links. There's a clubhouse. Link. And that's at link tree slash get the balance, right? Yes. So thank you. <laughs> get there. And, um, and that sounds like fun. Sorry. I won't be able to join you. <laughs> Cause it's the all female one, right? That sounded like a, yeah. 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 You could yeah. wear a wig maybe. I could. Oh, or just let it grow it, out another it, green one, red one. You know, one. boys are allowed. It's yeah. just that because it's a makeover, I like to have makeup tips. So yeah. if you're into makeup, yeah. come on in. Not since I was 45, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for joining us today and sharing your expertise with our audience and with us because uh, we can definitely benefit from that kind of advice. Uh, 
Toby has been in business since 1979 uh, as a small business owner. So he's got a lot of that in his background, but he's always had a, an accountant an insurance agent and a lawyer to lean on for those uh, things that uh, he needs further expertise in. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned several times an accountant and there was a long time where I did require an accountant. I don't require it as much because we have a limited uh, source of income uh, in what we do and we're not, we're not paying other people, right? Mm -hmm. We're just, we're doing our thing. So uh, it's been very helpful to us. All that expertise that I gained from the small business administration through operating as a sole proprietor was good experience even now. So I'm, I'm glad. I love hearing your advice because it's good advice for people that are making that transition from being a creative to a money-making creative, especially if they're, they become a content creator in addition to being their, whatever their passion is. So thank you very much for joining us. It was all very good advice, Heather. And we look to, forward to future conversations. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. Shelly, want to wrap it up? Well, that's all we have for today. We will have, uh, uh, another show next week, of course. Join us Wednesday night for um, what's our show called? New Mexico Day Trips. We're going to be taking a trip to Santa Rosa, New Mexico, and the Blue Hole. What? Uh, and, <laughs> so join us for that. If you haven't yet checked it out, go to New Mexico Day Trips on YouTube, subscribe, and check out all of our travel videos there. I have also brought back Shelly Carney live stream coach on Wednesdays at four o'clock. I'll be doing a presentation every week about becoming a content creator and being consistent with it and then transitioning into making money from that. So this information will be sliding right into to my information to uh, and on my show on Wednesdays. And of course, Thursday mornings, I'm with Jen McFarland for Women Conquer Business at 11 o'clock. Today, we talked about batching content. So all kinds of great information for content creators. Make sure you check out all of our channels. Wait, is that four shows you're doing every week? Yes. Uh, you are a busy young lady. I am busy, busy, busy. So the reason we picked uh, uh, Santa Rosa, which is a small town off uh, I-40, that doesn't get a lot of attention, but they are interesting, not only because they have a car museum there, who knew, but it is surrounded, the town is surrounded by a number of lakes and ponds that are freshwater spring fed. So they end up crystal clear. As a matter of fact, many of them, several of them, I shouldn't say many of them, are used to train scuba divers. So we're going to take our little ROV with us, and we're going to get some drone in the sky footage. We're going to get some land footage, and we're going to get some under the water, crystal clear water footage. So look forward to that show next uh, next Wednesday, Santa Rosa, New Mexico. That's right. New and Mexico. that's all we have for today. We appreciate you all being here for Messages and Methods. And I'm Shelly Carn. And I'm Toby Eunice. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week. <laughs>